Hey guys, just wanted to share a message from our sponsor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tool allows you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Acting Class Weekly with legendary character actor Sean Whelan. Lessons, tips, and insight into the craft and business of acting from a man who's been directed by the likes of Tim Burton, Ang Lee, Michael Bay, Wes Craven, Tom Hanks, and many more of Hollywood's A-List. He is 30 years an actor and your professor, Sean Whelan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Acting Class Weekly. Roxy, I am not going full blue, but because we're talking about movies, Hollywood, I felt a little pizzazz, but I didn't want to go shamey blue, so I did go with the red. You know, very close to 4th of July, so, you know, I tempered it for you. I tempered it. And with the white behind you, you're you're just like a red, white, and blue yeah, uh, kind well, of guy. Although I don't know that I trust your eyes anymore, Sean. Yeah. Uh, okay. There we go. Just do it. it As ha- prior to the show started, the first thing Sean said to me was, "Wow, your hair is very straight today." She's not letting it go, folks. No, I have I ever let anything go? No. No. Well, and and uh, and then I had to explain because the way it was hanging. All right, so this was what he wanted to share, that it was hanging, it was more split like this. No, even more so, it was more so. Like, okay. no, no, I would say it was like this, almost. I mean... I think it's because you were looking down, there you go. You were, like, looking down. I don't know, okay. that feels... All right. Do we trust John? He's, like, long-haired, hippie, share vibe. That's what I was just saying. I'll take it. Uh, so, um, so that's why I'm wearing this, and because we're doing part two. The uh, directors that we should watch. Obviously, this is not going to end at a part two. I think this is something we will keep revisiting. Um, uh, so we had a really nice start, really good discussion of the first one. And I just wanted to expand on it. Um, and as always with me to have this discussion, Miss Phenomenal, Roxy Stryer. Mr. Fabulous, Jeff Graham, our producer. I got to hear the blow of it. Jeff is good. Yeah, closer. yeah, yeah, there we go. No one ever calls me my nickname anywhere. I'm just saying it's been a while. That's all I'm saying. Well, you got to earn, you got to earn being the professor. You can't just, Surprise. you can't just come in and say my hair straight and think that you're going to be oh my God. professor wise. You're just, Can you, you know. just please buy the gravestone, please start chiseling. He said my hair was straight, and I'll just put it on my gravestone. Is I would that- be honored. Honored. Okay. All right. Uh, you can see, guys, today we are going to have, a, we're, we're already fired up. We're going to be doing the Sean's Week competition. Our host, Ryan, is going to judge who had the best. And we are going to get into Sean's Week. So uh, this week, Wait, do you get to pick the theme even if you're participating or do we need I, Ryan to think, I, pick I, the theme? I never, I never think of a theme until I were right about to say. It. So okay. I don't think it's a huge advantage because it, it, I think it'd be an advantage if I like sat there and planned, it. but I, I literally, it comes up right before I say, it. so right. it's the same thing. Uh, I, I just thought because we talked about red, white, and blue, it's a patriotic Sean's week, a patriotic sean's week is that fair well okay one two three what did you hear what did you hear i heard a beautiful falsetto from a jeffrey crane graham which i honestly and this might just be a, a tech thing it overcame the other two squares in the frames. Voices. I, I actually I get it. heard it and, and slightly back on. Yeah, me too. I heard it and then I heard that it was an oh, say, can you see? Am I wrong, Jeff? You're correct. So, 
So I think I, it goes to Jeff uh, for, for being overwhelmed. He overwhelmed the sound. And what else is more patriotic right now than an overwhelming time in America? Yes, very true. I, I will say when we were given the word, um, I didn't feel very patriotic or like being very patriotic. So I think I'm okay losing this one. She'll be back next week. But, but Ryan, can I just ask, did you hear my cadence of the millet? The- I did, I did hear that the thumping, it almost added to Jeff, though, because it was like soldiers marching while singing. I, I alley-ooped him. I alley-ooped him. You alley-ooped It's a great scene partner. Uh, well, anyway, a uh, lot to talk about on my week. Um, I hit 70,000 followers on TikTok. Woo-woo! Lol. I do edit. One of whom is our very own producer, Brianna Phipps. She yeah. came on right before That's- just to tell Sean. Yeah. A, that I have wavy hair, and B, that she's a big TikTok fan of Sean's. And, uh, and then I um, have been editing, and now I've decided, people said, you know, when I talked to the fans on the lives or whatever, when I do live chats on TikTok, what is the best thing to do with my Roach the Roommate, my parody of the People on the Stairs character, and they said drop it every week, so I drop my new one. It's come, they drop every Wednesday. A lot of editing, a lot of makeup, but it's fun. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, so I did that. Uh, is TikTok going away? There was rumors, so I don't know. But are you concerned, Sean? Um, he doesn't know well, this is about uh, TikTok being a Chinese-owned company, and yeah. there have been other places that have now eliminated TikTok. Um, yeah. I was it? So I think it's going to take a while, but I think I do. I'm having a meeting with another guy who does social media, LinkedIn stuff, and he's become a friend of mine through there. And, you know, it, it's it's what you and I talked about, Roxy, in your episode, which is a great episode if you haven't heard it about social media. You know, I'm not diversifying enough. TikTok's easy, fun, in my wheelhouse, growing the fastest. So I think I'm just more, you know, invested in that because I see immediate results Pictures are not my thing as much, but little short skits and videos and, you know, you get nice trends on there that you can kind of make your own. Um, but I do have to diversify because, you know, uh, one of the people I follow is a, is a social media person. She goes, what if it all goes away? Are you nice and spread out? Do people know where to find you if you don't? Can you still do the same thing? And, you know, I think I would just move to YouTube and supposedly YouTube's doing their own TikTok, but I hope not. It's been fun. It's been really fun for me. And I've made good money doing live events, signing autographs and things, which I do every Friday, by the way, if you're on TikTok, I do live signing events every Friday, 3.30 to 5.30 Pacific time. And uh, now I just got DVDs of Twister and people on the stairs and they've been going like hotcakes. So that's been very, very fun. Uh, then a, uh, I got a big audition for a kind of a big show um and did a self-tape and man it was kind of interesting shaking off the rust and it's not um you know listen if you worked out really well for six months and you took two months off going back you're not going to be where you were at six months and the same thing as acting you're not doing it as much so uh you know the way I memorized things it was took just things took a little longer and at first here's the story of when it came in it was a big audition for a big thing but it's shooting far away for quite a while probably if i got this it would be the longest i've been away since twister um and Movie? Uh, i i'm not i it's it was like top eight, top secret eight, yeah 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 it's like, okay. like but regardless it was um it made me think first thing was like oh my god i don't want to travel uh you know my teenage daughter is is you know needs some attention uh, you know obviously needs some attention she's going to her junior year uh haven't been away from my girlfriend since we first started going long distance um you know all these those things hit first but then finally like doing the part reading the part then doing the thing of course and my agent was like listen if you want to pass I totally get it that is really hard with family and, and stuff and uh then after doing it you know, I loved it. I loved it. I was like, okay, I would do it because I think I just, you know, again, it's like shaking off the cobwebs and even your mindset, right? The mindset of course was, oh my God, I'm so far. That would be so far away. And you know, as opposed to this is a great role, it would be great, you know, good financially. It would be, you know, so 
if you ever feel that way, I guess my takeaway is if you ever feel that way, don't beat yourself up. You know, just I had to step back and go. I'm the guy that's been in the home all day. Even my girlfriend goes to a business all day. I'm at home all day. So it's my comfort zone is getting expanded. I'm, I'm still planning to go to this TV show as of next week to shoot that. Um, and we'll, but that may change because things are changing, you know, all the time. Yeah. But even that seems like a comfort Sean, push. Even if you had not um, been sure if you would accept the job, if you were offered it, is yeah. it still worth auditioning? That's what uh, my agent and I finally decided. They said, just do it, have fun with it. And in this day and age, you know, uh, people would understand as if it went further and you started to feel uncomfortable that you would bow out, you know? Right. So, um, but it, I think it felt weird that that was my first gut reaction. You know what I mean? But again, I'm, I'm you know, my, my muscles. Of I think that Sean, that kind of shows a little bit too, though, that you're happy right now. Like yeah. I'm not saying fully, maybe yeah, not, yeah, like, yeah you have something to stay home for. I think that yeah. a lot of like maybe times when you were younger or yeah. like didn't have as happy and full of a life, mm -hmm. maybe that wouldn't be your first instinct, but like you love your girlfriend and your girls and like you want to be the best dad. And I think that's a completely healthy mindset. And maybe it felt foreign to you, not just because of COVID, but like you actually have built a really lovely life for yourself. Yeah, so, but it's also a question. Because there's those weird things that hit you and you go, well, how am I going to send autographs from that faraway foreign country? <laughs> like just weird, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. because I've gotten into a nice little routine here and stuff like that. And, and that's brought up a whole bunch of issues for me about, you know, how I could make, a, I can make a lot of money if I just did merch stuff and, and hype myself all day long, you know, all day long. But I just feel like, stuffing envelopes and stamps and stuff like that isn't creative, but then the creative stuff like doing teaching and stuff isn't as financially viable, you know? So it's a very interesting time for me. I'm definitely in flux as we spoke about on the flexibility thing. So that's been interesting. And uh, yeah, and, and we got a new large TV, which is kind of interesting. I, I was very handy. I went and bought a drill. I did the, got the, got the level, put it, mounted it on the wall. It was like, because there was big sales for TVs. And, you know, I was like, my girlfriend and I were laughing going, wow, we're, we're grownups. <laughs> and a friend called while they were like, wait, Sean Whalen's got a drill and a wrench and a, le like, what's happening? I've arrived, Sean. I've arrived, finally, I'm 56. I know how to use a drill. I'm finally happy. And, I, and it was that kind of thing where I, I didn't have the right bit for it. They said a specific kind of drill bit. And I went, Instead of going, oh, yeah, I just went, oh, got to go to the hardware store, pick up a drill bit. And that was really can you, can you add that to your resume now? I could say driller. Driller. Driller has special skills. Mm. Mm. That might come off wrong. Maybe with parentheses, not of oil. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you don't Regular. submit that one in the valley. Keep that over the hill so they know what yeah, you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Mm, that exactly. too. Exactly. Uh, so that's been my week and into our topic and we want, you know, the stuff that you guys are really interested in. And so well, help Sean, us the stuff. Uh, right one of the things you're talking about was last week's episode and adapting and flexibility. And we did have several comments after that episode that I want to get to because you guys have been amazing about rating, commenting, subscribing, giving that thumbs up. Please continue doing that so that I can read your comments live on air especially, you know, us actors, we like to hear our name, not going to lie. So this one is for you, uh, Christian Peterson, who said to us, actually, this was only four hours ago that they commented on last week's episode, um, saying this episode really hit home for me. I have an audition this evening and I was told by the casting director a few days ago that they would send me sides. Well, I don't want to be pushy, but I never received them. So mm. I reached out to the casting director this morning and she said that I would get them at the audition. I'm somewhat familiar with this project, but not sure how to approach this character. And I was really looking forward to getting my eyeballs on some lines. But your podcast just reminded me how important flexibility is in this business. So rather than over preparing the lines or dwell on not getting them beforehand, I think I'll practice cold reading before the audition tonight. Thanks, guys. I listen every week and consider Acting Class Weekly to be a useful implement in my ever-expanding acting toolbox. Keep it up nice really great comment and I'm, I'm glad that last week's episode 
uh, really hit home for you. Yeah. Also, we, we got a new review on iTunes, uh, Sean and Jeff, okay. that says, is from TX19K. Um, and it says, helped me out with five stars. And then the review says, I am just starting out and this has helped me calm down and continue to learn. Really appreciate that. Thank you for the review and the five stars. One, Roxy, too. If you're not, if you're not done, I have, I have one as well. I got an email. Ooh. And an email, guys, you can always email. Um, again, I'm going to be doing some, uh, trying to get together some, maybe a, a sketch seminar type thing, and maybe acting for comedy seminar. Uh, let me know any of your interests. But we got one that's from Sammy Ali. Hello, my name is Sammy, and I'm an 18-year-old aspiring actor from Brooklyn. I want to reach out and let you know that the podcast has been extremely helpful and has kept me entertained during quarantine. I look forward to it each and every week. Thank you so much, Sammy. Isn't that cool? Love that. I love all the ways that you guys are contacting us. Uh, shout out also to Glenn Caesar and Weston Ira who are live in the chat right now. We do Thanks. go live every single Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific time on AfterBuzz TV's YouTube page. Or if you don't want to look at Sean's blue jacket um, or my straight slash wavy hair, or Jeff's phenomenal new cuts or whatever it is, uh, then just listen to us on podcasts. Wherever podcasts are, we are there. Leave a comment. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, I will read that comment out loud. Or on YouTube, we'll do that. Five-star thumbs up, whatever you can do to help the show grow. And if you have something you really want to know about, if you're an upcoming actor or you're a working actor and you have questions for Sean, just write those in and we'll get to all of them. Uh, we really want to be here as a show who helps you guys. So if it's emailing, if it's podcasting, if it's YouTubing, wherever you guys are, we're there too. And we just want to help. So we appreciate your help growing this community. And uh, we'll continue to keep bringing you guys these shows like today's, which talks about directors. Yes. So how this is working to remind you is I pick two that I think are good to show the range. And, that, and that it's not just two that I like, but just two that either really important, I believe, as, as their work or range, range of completely how they can cover everything. As um, suggestions for actors to watch? Yes, because what we want to do is to be able to speak the language. If you're a lawyer, you want to talk about cases. If you're a doctor, you want to keep up the American Journal. And we talk, you know, some, you'd have a discussion and say, yes, but the study out of this place, da, 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 da. As actors, when you meet directors, producers, whatever, and they will say, listen, I know what kind of movie I'm trying to make. I'm trying to make, you know, a Tim Burton meets the Coen brothers. And if you don't know what that means, and maybe be more specific, like Barton Fink meets Raising Arizona, you don't want to sit there with your eyes wide open, not knowing what they're talking about. So we went over- some Burton meets the Coen brothers. What an interesting film that would be. Uh, what, are you, what are you doing? Huh. Uh, and then, um, so I would ask you guys to go back and listen to episode one, but you don't have to. You can get to it after this. It's not that unevergreened or ever- What's the opposite of evergreen? Ever brown? No. Like timely. Yeah. Timely. Yeah, it's not that timely. I think there should be a funner name. Ever evergreen's a fun name. Timely is a crappy name. Yeah. Evergreen. Ooh, uh, never evergreen. There you go. That's it. See? There you go. It's not that not there. Okay. That's gonna sweep the whole industry. You know that, right? <laughs> yes. Mm. So we left off. I'm going to pick up right where we left off. And one of my favorite filmmakers. So what I do, this is my journey, and I think every actor should do this too. You watch a film by somebody, right? And then you go, if you're moved by them, you think, wow, they, they're really impressive. I want to look at their catalog more. And so I've got a list. I know the guy that did Parasite. I know there's a couple of films that I've been told is really good. Wasn't it you? I think, Jeff, you recommended a couple from the guy that did Parasite. I think, Roxy, you're in the Bonheim too, right? Uh, Parasite was actually not my favorite, um, but, I, but I love Bong Joon-ho so much um, okay. and think that he is an excellent, excellent filmmaker um, and also like a hell of a dude. So, yeah. yes, I would, I would consider myself in the Bonheim. 
So, so that's the whole point. Like, like Roxy, what was the one that said, okay, whatever he puts out, I'm going to watch for five to 10 years. Right. What's the one that drag pulled you in? Oh, I'm not saying that. No, no. I'm saying, is there a specific film of his? Well, I did, I did really like Snowpiercer, but that's, that's not what I'm even saying. I'm just saying like, regardless of me not loving Parasite, I think that he is an incredible filmmaker. Like, I didn't love the script. I didn't think no, he's. No, no, no. You're, you're, I think you're missing my point. What, see, for me, when I saw, when I saw, um, uh, uh, what, what was it? Par- uh, not Parasite. Um, what's it? No, 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 no. It was, it was the Moonlight. When I saw Moonlight, I said, okay, this, I will watch anything this guy does for the next five years. Right. So I'm saying whatever your first exposure was to him made you think, oh, I want to watch more of his, right? Whatever, whatever movie it was that you saw and goes, oh, I want to keep watching more of his stuff. Was it film school or, you know? Specifically with Bong Joon-ho, Sean, are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think I made that statement. No, no, no. I'm asking you, was there a film? Right, you- I don't think I said I will watch anything he did. That's not something that I've... Oh, oh, I see. What, okay, that's where, we're, that's where we're not connecting. I thought you were saying that because you, you would like, because you think he's a great filmmaker, you'd watch a lot of anything he did. That's what I'm talking about. So maybe we misunderstood each other. What I'm saying is like when I saw a certain film of a filmmaker, I will say, ooh, I want to watch whatever they put out for a few years. You know what I mean? I've got one. I've got an example for that. I mean, you guys know I talk about it all the time. Alexander Payne's my boy. Yeah. Um, when I saw Sideways, that was my first Payne movie. Yeah. I knew anything he puts out, I would see. I went back and watched that election, Citizen Ruth about Schmidt. And then yeah. it was also the year Descendants came out. So I saw that in theaters. But, but um, Sideways yeah, was that, my, yeah. that was my movie where I, I'm in the Payne hive. <laughs> yeah and that's what i did so when i saw i saw citizen ruth that was his first movie i think yeah, it is his first and and i literally have watched him ever since and then i think it's that kind of thing you watch one and then you keep going and then you know if they start to stink up the room after four or five you go ah, maybe i'll see him on you know video or whatever uh but anyway that's kind of what so i think that's what i i think i was assume i was making an assumption roxy that uh you felt the, the same way about him as I did so apologies for that so who is your just quickly sorry I'm curious who Roxy who's your ride or die director do you have one um I guess it would be Christopher Nolan if I'm picking like but but right now the person who I feel the way about how you're describing is Greta Gerwig I would see anything me too she right now is my like I won't miss one of hers I'll see everything she does um talking about that i think like she and um patty jenkins i also feel the same way about i won't miss what she's working on right now Uh, with monster being the first time that i said that and then waiting what 14 years to get wonder woman i was like nope i'm not missing i'm not missing her films so yeah yeah wait the woman who did monster did did wonder woman i did not know that yeah that's okay so so i i started to do newer people like that roxy and i think we have to do keep your eyes on these people episode of this. Yeah, we definitely should because it's hard because she didn't do one movie between those two. So. Right. And you have a body and, and some people have only put out a couple, but I'm already in the, you know, what you're saying, like I'm already going to watch. So mine goes back to when my mind was blown. Our first one is Spike Lee. When I saw Do the Right Thing, blown away. And then people said, oh, this isn't his first movie. It, she's got to have it. Um, and I... I went and appreciated She's Gotta Have It a lot, but I just was so in love with Do the Right Thing. I did a TikTok about it. I did a post about it, especially in these times. I've never seen my kids, my ex-spouse, my current girlfriend, friends. They just react differently. And I'm telling you, every time I've seen it, uh, it's prompted at least an hour to two hour discussion with anyone who's sitting there watching it with me. Um, Spike Lee said of this movie, when I showed it to white audiences and black audiences, the Q and A's were, ne- were completely different. Asking about some things that concerned the white audiences that did not concern the black audiences and vice versa. So it was, I mean, that's amazing that people can see that different of a film and then have a discussion and just who they are, you know, uh, people who have 
their own business see it way differently than, you know, a, a kid that lives in a multicultural neighborhood. I mean, it's just, it's just a crazy, crazy movie. And so I, I believe that is his linchpin. If you're going to see any movie of Spike Lee, that's the one. Some people have said he's chased that height and never reached it. I disagree. Um, and then for range, only for range purposes, I said Inside Man why do the right thing was so so um so independent such a new language such a it's just so not studio um even though it was a big hit um but inside man was a hollywood movie like it was a hardcore hollywood movie he worked again with denzel washington with those two you know i mean uh, you know there's so many, so many that I could put on his list. But Inside Man, I think that, again, for range, you're going to see a fiercely independent movie, and then you're going to see um, uh, a, a solid Hollywood film directed by someone who obviously has its own his own flavor. So those are my two that you should know for range. So, uh, Roxy, which is yours? And then I'll, I'll do mine last. My mine. personal my personal one that is a must watch from Spike Lee is yes. the question uh, for me, which is so crazy because for me to not answer, do the right thing means that something had to have happened. And what happened was black Landsman. Um, that movie to me is like, I, it deserves so much more love than it even got. Um, I thought that it was brilliant. And I also think it showed that whatever people have said about Spike Lee being so stylized in the past and having to like, a very specific style. This you watch this movie and you're very not. You would not know that Spike Lee directed this. Yeah. Um, and I mean that as a positive in the sense that like he clearly can change tones and themes and um, transitions and all that based on subject matter and what um, the cast is doing and what the story tells. So I think that this is a must see movie yeah. that that really really truly blew me away. Um, and. Yeah. I, I wish in any other year, I think it would have gotten more love from the Oscars. It, yeah. it was going up against a lot, but it was phenomenal, phenomenal film. Um, Mr. Fantabulous. Uh, that was really well said, Rox. I think that's a, I love Black Klansman too. Um, I went with Chirac. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. Um, I have a, a dear friend in that film. Do you? Jay Washington, friend of this network as well. He's guested oh, on a lot of our wrestling shows. Yeah, and, Jay uh, Washington Talk. Yeah. Oh, that's so, I need to go back and watch it. That's, I saw that before I even knew Jay. Um, it's a bit of a mess. And like, again, that can sometimes be a theme with Spike Lee is he's so ambitious and so full of ideas um, that I don't know if Chirac always sticks to landing. It's a little bumpy, but it's so ambitious. I love the music. Um, I'm from the Midwest, so I really like Chicago and I love seeing a spotlight shine on Chicago. In general, I love Chicago movies. I love Home Alone. Um, the Chicago musical is my favorite musical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, I, I just really like Chirac. I, I like that it's an adaptation. I like, you guys know it's borrowing from uh, the ancient Greek play, Lysestri. I can't even say it right. Lysestrata. Thank you. Um, so I just love the ambition, even if it doesn't always take the landing. To me, it's like a very yeah. specifically Spike Lee movie. Though I have to ask you guys, have you guys seen The Five Bloods yet? No, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't. Everyone is saying it's his new masterpiece. So yeah. I feel like I'm speaking too soon. Is it a documentary? No. No, no. no it's on Netflix, though. It was okay. a Netflix original. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff, but I believe you're right. No, you're right. Yeah, I think it was scheduled to be released in theaters, and then I think Netflix purchased it. Yeah, a lot of people are saying incredible things about it, but I'm not surprised. I feel like uh, Spike Lee has done this in his career, and he's yep. definitely on an uptick okay. right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so I'm my, excited to see it. My personal one, my personal one, I mean, my, my mention, my honorable mention is Malcolm X, just because it's just Denzel Washington and him, whenever they collaborate, it's just phenomenal. And, and if you watch video of Malcolm X and then watch Denzel Washington, it's pretty incredible. And, you know, just educational, so many things I learned, but my personal one that I love, I mean, Do the Right Thing is still my thing, but but Crooklyn, I think, is just the sweetest movie ever. 
Um, it's about, uh, it's kind of an homage to his childhood in Brooklyn. And just the parents are fantastic. It's such a sweet, heartfelt film, moving. I think it's because, you know, I was at the point we were just about to start having kids and it was very family. It's just a beautiful film. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's, it's, it's just a wonderful film. It's so good. Uh, it, I have it, not. Yeah. Sure, I will say, um, our uh, producer is a huge film buff. So if we have time, right, I'd love to hear you just quickly weigh in on these too. If I'm not derailing the show, Sean. Nope. Don't want to derail, but um, no, I am a big, I, I remember watching Do the Right Thing in film school um, and it was right around the time that Black Klansman was coming out by Ryan, producer. Uh, I'm a big fan of Inside Man, like Sean was saying. I think that movie is so unique and one so of the funny. best heist movies ever made because um, you feel conflicted about just like both parties by the end. I just don't think anyone has really turned that genre upside down in its head really yep. like that since. Um, yeah. That one's great. Uh, I have seen Chirac. That wasn't my, my, my absolute favorite, but I did think that you're right. Like when it comes to range, like it's just like this is a Spike Lee movie. This is so different. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm going to go with She's Gotta Have It. Yeah. Simple and clean, right? That's that's my pick there. Yeah, I feel it. For what it is, this, it's his first movie, so uh, in black and white as well. So very stylized, very cool. All right, flipping all over. We're going all over the movie world, and we're landing on Alfred Hitchcock. Alfred Hitchcock. Um, you know, s- sadly, as a pop culture thing, people just know him for Psycho. And I don't think that that's, uh, you know, everyone's got their popcorn, right? So that's his popcorn. But he was a master of Are suspense. you not a psycho fan? Oh, no, no, no. I love it. I just, when I got into, when I got into uh, Alfred Hitchcock, I just devoured all his mysteries, you know, and thrillers first. You and, just think it's like disproportionate how well known he is for that film as opposed yeah, to some of yeah. other great well, ones. You know, he'd said, All right, let me try a hand at horror and he did a great job. That and the birds, come on. I mean, like, you know, any horror fan at all knows those two. And Anthony it's not Hopkins, but Anthony uh who was the lead in Psycho. Anthony. It's but uh I'm just You mean nor- the character or the actor? The actor. Uh, Anthony Perkins. Anthony Perkins. I knew it was a two-syllable name, and I literally have done this my whole life. Then Hopkins Perkins messed them up, but oh my god! Mistake to make. Two very talented, creepy Anthony's. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) so good in Psycho. So mine, I think, are so for that range. That's why Psycho is one of them. I think you should know that that was a very popcorn. But it broke open the whole uh, genre of horror by having a lead character that dies after the first act, which was crazy. It, it didn't really get done again in a major, major film that I know until uh, Scream. Uh, that was something Drew Barrymore really wanted to, you know, not last, but have, you know, be sold in it. But he killed off his, you know, protagonist in the beginning of the first act which is insane and crazy but and it broke open horror so you should know psycho so that's for my recommendation and then rear window um different only and there's so many thrillers 39 steps and dial m for murder and uh but i will have to say that rear window the great uh james stewart great mystery in color a little bit older uh, it's just a classic, classic mystery movie. Great premise. He's sitting in his house, healing from a broken leg and just watching his neighbor. So I would say those are the two for range, but it's again, two for Alfred Hitchcock. So hard, but I would say those are, I mean, cause you have vertigo, you have a bunch of others, but, uh, North by Northwest, but those are the two I would recommend. And I, you know, I can get clapped back all day long from movie people. So, Personal one, I went with you first, Roxy. I'll go with Jeff first this time. Personal Alfred Hitchcock, Jeff? I love Vertigo, um, as you mentioned. Um, I just think it's such a special movie. It's like somehow manages to be so Hitchcockian and so tense, but also kind of slow and like really kind of carefully drawn and like very deliberate in the way it unfolds its narrative. I, and, you know, at the time, some of the stuff they were doing with the camera with, like, the shaky vertigo stuff was really revolutionary. And 
Um, I think just James Stewart's performance in that movie is really interesting and kind of muted and strange. And um, I think I love Vertigo just for how weird it is. Yeah, it is a weird one. And yeah. speaking of guys, if you like Alfred Hitchcock and you have not seen Mel Brooks's parody, High Anxiety, it's phenomenal. It's so much fun. It parodies all of them. It's really good. Uh, Roxy. To me, this is one, uh, it's a top five um, horror movie of all time for me. And I, this was my first favorite horror movie. The first time I realized that I loved the horror genre was The Birds. Um, I think that it just does such an amazing job making you feel as claustrophobic as you possibly can. Yeah. And, but not even because you're in a tight space, just, you know, that feeling of like itchiness and like things are going to attack you. Um, I had a hard time sleeping after that one. I definitely watched it way too young. I think I was probably seven the first time I saw it. Oh! But I loved, loved this movie. It's what made me uh, such a Hitchcock fan. And um, it really did hold up for me too. As I watched it years later. Yeah. Um, I don't think in the same way as a kid, it like, really affected me but it's brilliantly done um and it's a really beautiful uh horror movie yeah yeah it is a classic it is a classic ryan if you have one jump in here so there's this movie called shadow of a doubt from hitchcock oh yeah i absolutely love um that's pretty old right isn't that early yeah it's 40s uh, yeah, and there was actually a remake from an Asian filmmaker Park Chan Wook called Stoker, which is like a okay. complete modern remake from 2013. Uh, it's so great. It's a uh, Uncle Charlie character coming to town, and you, it's it might not be he might not be who he says he is. It's really awesome. Um, there's that one, and then I also I'm quite a big fan of Strangers on a Train. Uh, yeah another great like little mystery Mm -hmm. noir and the opening sequence it just follows this guy's feet and he's just walking on a train you don't see their faces but you can tell they're having a conversation it was just like a really uh inventive way to like show this villain and you never see his face until a little later yeah well my personal one i mean it was really hard 39 steps i mean out dialing for murder there's so many uh i went with rope it's a very simple it was one of the earliest, Ryan, if I'm wrong, tell me, but but one-shot movies. That's right. Where it all takes place in one continuous shot. Obviously, they couldn't do that with film back in the day, um, but they did some cheats throughout. But they were big, long takes, and, you know, it was great. It was in a studio. He did it like a play, and then, again, a great performance by Jimmy Stewart. Um, it was It was, it's a really cool movie. I mean... There's so much to devour with Hitchcock. So many genres, the earlier ones, the mid ones, you know, there's great ones. But uh, you should at least know a few of the ones that we mentioned uh, if you are seriously going to be an actor and someone who wants to discuss filmmaking, I think so. Moving on, moving on, uh, Catherine Bigelow. Catherine Bigelow, um, been around for a long, long time. And uh, I don't know as much of her stuff. I did, I did more research after Roxy and I spoke about it after the show last time. And my two for her range, I mean, Hurt Locker to me was an amazing, tense movie. It kind of reminded me of like a war version of High Noon, you know, uh, very tense um, and such an interesting job to uh, put in a movie you know, the person who takes care of the bombs in a war. Um, one best picture. It's a one best, best picture winner. Yeah, best picture. And and it's just a phenomenal movie. And she's the ex-wife of James Cameron. I mean, my God, what a, what a cinematic couple that was. Uh, and then I would say, again, just for range, Point Break, only because it's like a cheesy, 80s, 90s, movie 91. movie what is it 91 so 91 yeah 80s 90s uh and just cheesy in the best way but really cool great performances by the leads and if you watch hurt locker and you watch point break you would just think oh my god i just i can't believe it's the same director but the most talented directors are that way 
you know, as we were saying about Spike Lee, you, you can tell the range. It's so crazy, you know? She's also one of those directors who is constantly up for so many projects. Yeah. So often her name and work is referenced. So when you're talking about things, Sean, like if you want to be an actor who understands the business, Catherine Bigelow's name is thrown out there for like so many types of different projects. And she's very, um, she has a, a lot of different sides to her, but yeah, she's definitely referenced very often in Hollywood. Yeah. So it's important to see her work. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. With uh, favorites, uh, Roxy. I don't know what my favorite is of hers, but the one that we haven't talked about that I think is incredible is Zero Dark Thirty. Yep. Uh, I I loved Zero Dark Thirty. Um, it's hard to watch at times. You know, yeah. I, I actually I find um, more than one of her movies to be challenging to watch at times from Detroit yeah. to Zero Dark Thirty. I mean, she she definitely is a very graphic director in a lot of her films. Um, but I thought that this was really, really well done. Um you know, what a stacked cast. Part of your job as a director is to pull out good performances and Jessica Chastain, this might be her best performance. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I think that Zero Dark Thirty definitely is in the conversation of her best. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Mr. Fantabulous? Yeah, I think that's really well said, Rox. I'm glad you brought up the way Catherine Bigelow can make you feel. As we talk about directors, we talk about sort of what they're doing, what they're accomplishing. And I think few directors can make you sort of squirm with discomfort and like social um, responsibility more than Catherine Bigelow in a way that's like very convicting. Um, but I'd have to say the Hurt Locker too. I hope that's not boring for me to just repeat, but um, I just think like a movie that can be so entertaining, tense and still socially conscious all at the same time yeah. to be hailed. And I think like Hurt Locker does that maybe more than some of her other films. I have a cousin who is a SEAL, and um, his best friend has this job um, wow. and and loved the movie, yeah. and that made me love it even more because if if you feel, like, accurately represented, then I think that the director really does go above and beyond to try to depict something. So I always yeah. found that to be pretty interesting. Yeah. Also, I could never. I could never do what they're doing, ever. I mean, in a million years. No. But that's what it was so great to see their characters, who they are as people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is. And and I, you know, I'm with you, Jeff. I, I hate to, you know, I'm not as entrenched. And and I think, you know, it's really bad. Um, I was going through kind of a weird time. But if they're a good director that should have you do this, that her locker was so intense that when Zero Dark Thirty came out, that where I was in my mental space, I couldn't even go near it yeah. but i feel like i need to go near it now you know to explore it because what you just said roxy but you know sometimes if again if a director is really good and they do really tough tense things and you're not in a great place then you go they're too good at what they do i don't want to go near i don't want to go near that so that's going to definitely be on my list based on your recommendation um i'm going to move on ryan really quickly on this one uh Guillermo del Toro. Uh, I got to meet him personally. I think I shared that story on here um, when I did um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It was great meeting him. Um, but, and he was a fan, he's such a fan of horror movies. He knew me as Roach and, and that was really sweet. It's the first thing he said to me. Um, but I don't think you can talk about Guillermo del Toro um, without starting with Pan's Labyrinth. I mean, obviously he's done other things like that, but it was such a big worldly introduction. I think it kind of shook the movie world a little bit with this beautiful, fantastical version, almost of like the Universal Studios monsters, but in this kind of wild, interesting way. Um, It is subtitled, but that's not an issue. It shouldn't be an issue at all. It's such a beautiful, interesting, weird, creepy, kind of genre twisting movie. So for that, I would say, and again, and then for range in a completely different way, not crazy range, I would say. I mean, I guess you could go somewhere else, but I feel like you should also know Shape of Water um, as it did so well in the Academy Awards and won. And uh, it's a classic love story. It is his homage kind of more directly 
to the universal monster movies or the movie monsters of the 40s and 50s um uh and and it and it's just an interesting story just his visuals his visuals are just beyond it they're just anything he does that's just lovely to look at so those are the two I think you should at least know. I think it would carry you through a conversation with any producer director if you mentioned Guillermo del Toro and you knew both of those movies. I think that's definitely, you know, if you had two to have watched, those would be the good ones uh, to be able to share comfortably. Jeff, what do you think personally? Yeah, I have to agree with Pan's Labyrinth. I love um, sort of like the intersection of like wonder and like challenging work like I think Tim Burton does this a lot who I really like but I find that like Pan's Labyrinth um maybe even more than Shape of Water which I did like not as much um just manages to tell a really powerful profound story with these really deep themes but still almost like protects this childlike sense of wonder yeah um I love the movie Big Fish which I think kind of also fits in this category of like you know, fantasy movies that have elements of parable that can be like for adults, but also for kids. And yeah. I feel like we're seeing these movies less and less. Um, so yeah. I really champion Pan's Labyrinth as a special, almost time capsule film that still works so well. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Rox? For me, I I like Guillermo del Toro's direction better than I've liked his movies yeah. so far. Fair. Um, Fair. I, I did like Shape of Water. I didn't love it. I feel similarly about Pan's Great. Labyrinth. I agree. Um, however, yeah. what's interesting is that what, what I do often feel, however, is, you know, he was supposed to take over DC's dark universe um, with Constantine and a, a ton of their dark slated movies. And I was so excited to see what he was going to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also he has a uh, stop motion Pinocchio, Dark Pinocchio coming out in 2021 um, that I'm very excited to see as well. So I'm almost more excited to see his future films than I have been for his past because I think he's he's such a unique director um, mm. and feels so grateful to be in this business. Every time he speaks, I'm just like, you're exactly who we need in Hollywood. Um, I just haven't loved, there's, I haven't had a movie of his yet that I was like, oh, that's the one. That, yeah. that one did it for me. Yeah, I totally agree about Shape of Water. Um, my personal one that I chose was Pan's Labyrinth, um, but my very close runner-up was a kind of a pleasant surprise. So it was one of those we were going through the movies, my girlfriend and I, and we hit on Crimson Peak, which is really, really cool. And I was like, wow, this seems kind of familiar in a weird way, but it was also really neat. It's just, again, his movies are really great and I love the actors that were in it. Um, and I, it was, it definitely had a flavor of people under the stairs as well. Uh, Cause it's such a weird couple doing weird things, but it was a, it was a surprise and not one that got super talked about. Um, but I, it was really fun to watch. It's a really fun movie. I highly recommend it for like a good, fun, classic, beautiful looking horror twisted story. So Ryan, you have one of Guillermo? You know, I, I don't think it can be understated how incredible of a filmmaker he is in terms, as, yeah. as well as producing. Like this is a guy who, he's pro- executive producer on so many shows right now, even like from yeah. FX to HBO. He's he's involved in so much. Uh, I personally love Shape of Water. <clears throat> I saw it in yeah. New York. Uh, while I was commuting up there for an internship before it even was like being seen by everyone and kind of before the hype. And it was such a happy surprise and like a yeah, lovely yeah. film. Um, but if just to be different, I, I think going back to range, he's done Hellboys and Pacific Rim and Pacific yeah. Rim is such a cool, ridiculous movie that somehow works yeah. and is a total blast. Yeah. Yeah. I never saw Pacific. I'm glad you mentioned Pacific Rim. Yeah. This is I, how I feel about him. I, I strongly like all of the work he's put out. I'm waiting yeah. for the one that I love. Yeah. 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 Does that make sense? Well, no, I think there's a thing that you have to say and you have to be able. So in your conversation, let's say, and I always try to put these in context of Roxy, you're meeting with the producer, you're meeting with the director and they start talking about Guillermo del Toro. What you are saying is not something that people go, you're not, un- you're not uninformed. You don't really know film. You right. Know you're talking no, about. He's so talented. I think everybody has the director or artist where you go, 
man, I respect it so much. But I would be so honored to work with him. Yeah, it just, it has hit me. It hasn't hit me in the way that other things hit. The stories he's picked to tell so far have not been stories that have touched my soul in the way that I think he will at some point. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, so that's really the main point. It's not, uh, that's a fair point, but it also shows that you understand. But I've seen them all. Yeah, Yeah, I've seen them all. that's what I'm saying. You've seen them all and you also know He's someone who I should watch, yep. you know, which makes a lot of sense. Well, just like last time, guys, my list is longer than we could actually get to. So we're already at stories from the set. Uh, this is another Twister story. Um, I just did a TikTok showing some memorabilia of Twister, and I pulled out my big notebook that had all these reviews and my uh, premiere pass and things like that. And then I pulled out this article from Ben Weber, who is just one of the greatest character guys. He was on the bad guy team, but we were such good friends. Um, And we were living in the same apartment complex with me and Jeremy Davies and Abe and Ruby and myself and him. Uh, We each had our own little apartment in this area. We didn't want to stay in a hotel for five months. We wanted to have an apartment. Um, And he and I thought about when we first got there to Twister, uh, we thought, what are we going to do? Like, I don't want to, it, it's just too vast. And if you have a day off, you do not want to sit there. And, you know, wa- there's, it's not like a walkable town, Ponca City, Oklahoma. So, and then we looked at renting a car, which was exorbitant. And so we just ran the numbers and goes, dude, let's just buy a beater car. And we looked into the classifieds and we found this guy who had this huge Cadillac selling for $500. And Ben Weber, uh, he was a writer too. And he wrote really cool columns and he did an article about us buying our car and what it was like. And he keeps talking about, it was just so funny to hear your, his perspective of me back then and the memories of these couple of days. You know, there's so many days in our life that we don't just remember the specifics of. And he was like, you know, and then when we saw the guy, I was just feeling weirded out. And Waylon, and he kept calling me Waylon in the audience. He goes, Waylon says, do you just wait here? I'm going to go sit down with him and talk him down and uh, tell him that, um, you know, the uh, 500 is too much. We can do 400. And I guess I went in there and I negotiated with the guy. We got you, the car. You don't remember that? No. And we got the car for 400. And But I think I told him, I said, listen, I'm going to go tell other people about your, your thing, uh, about your lot and used cars and stuff like that. And I think we were able to get him a couple other customers and things like that. But uh, it was just in this beater car, we drove the crap out of it over and went on road trips with it and stuff like that and then uh we went and i think we had to put i don't know 50 60 dollars for some engine part at some point and uh i mean split between two guys it's 200 bucks for five months of transportation you know without gas or anything yeah and they and i really was great so then when we were leaving we sold it to somebody for like 150 bucks (laughs) and you know like 200 bucks. That sounds like such a fun story. It was, it was, it's a great, I should, I should scan it and send it to you guys. And it drove totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think there was one time, like, I think we needed a belt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and in the article, that's right. The belt broke down like like two days. I mean, when it did drive, it drove. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah, Okay. okay. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, yeah, it was just so fun. And then it was so great because we'd go somewhere with our cast members and we had plenty of room because it was huge, you know? And then, you know, people were like, Hey man, can we borrow your car? <laughs> it's not like you're, you're like, please take care of it. You know? yeah. I mean, you're like, dude, just don't wreck take, it. Yeah. Take it. Summer. Yeah. And if not, you're going to give me your per diem money and pay for the car. You, know? yeah. you get so, to be uh, the generous yeah. one on set. It was just fun finding that article and hearing that I, and, and I guess I spearheaded the whole idea. I went to him. I said, listen, dude, we're not going to pay for this. We're going to get this car. We're, we're you know, I'm going to talk the guy down. It's going to be cheap. We're going to save a lot of money. And I just don't remember, you know, the way he painted me in that article that I was. Only you were in the time of Uber. It's the guy that drilled his TV into the wall just recently. But, you know. <laughs> He's in there. He lives. He lives. He's in there somewhere. So, uh, you know, it, it was it was a fun 
way to get through that time with such a good guy. And, and, and I love that he was such a good writer and could capture that experience and that feeling of having that car for that very important summer in my life. So that was really fun. So uh, we will have to continue these discussions. Obviously we all have very strong opinions. It's really fun to do, but I, as I was sitting here listening to Roxy and Jeff and Ryan and thinking, you know, this is where you want to be. You know, these people are serious about entertainment and I'm honored to be able to have these discussions with you guys because a lot of people, I will sit down with actors and when I interview actors, I'll start to say these things and they go, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I've never seen it. I don't know who that is. I don't, you know, I've heard of him or I've heard of her. Right. You just want to be with like-minded people. Well, well, yeah, and this in business wants that. Again, you would not go into a surgery, you know, and as a doctor, and then break open the book and go, how do how do we do this? You know, you want to have your experience. Where is the heart? And, and, and just yeah, and just uh, just to know that this is my biggest tip: movie people, creative movie people, directors, producers, costumers, special effects people, that side of the. And even all executives, I, I would say it'd be hard. Most executives, they love to talk movies. They love to talk movies. They lo- now and now to add to that, they love to talk TV shows. You know, this is what we love. That's why we're here. That's why we'll put up with all this roller coaster craziness yeah. because we love this genre. So, if you're deciding, do I want to go into it? A lot of people text me and go, yeah, could you give me lessons? Cause I want to figure out if I want it. And I said, if you have to figure it out, then you don't want it enough. You have, and this is the stuff, you know, Roxy telling us a story at seven, seeing a Hitchcock movie. That's, that's huge. You know? So that's what it was. You want to raise yourself to this standard. So if you have kids, let them watch at seven, whatever (laughs) they want. Oh, the guy just last times at Ridgemont High then, so you know. Yeah, I just did a a paid hangout with a guy who, a fan who paid to hang out with me for half an hour on Zoom, and he saw Exorcist when he was six, and I was like, dude, what are you talking, I like was a mess when I saw it at 13. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to, to tease our audience, just stay tuned and make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Sean, I'm reading your favorite Spielberg movies and I am stunned and I can't wait to talk about it with you. And I want to hear Roxy. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, the ones. Don't oh, say no, what they are. No, I'm not because just my personals. My I know. Personals, but I yeah. love it. I love those yeah, picks, yeah. but I want to yeah. debate. Like, I, I feel like them. we still, there's so many we need to do still. JJ, Zemeckis, like we, we're Cameron missing Crow. big ones. You guys, yeah. this is a great opportunity, as Roxy said. Please email us suggestions of directors you'd like to discuss. Yeah. Put it in the comments and stuff like that. We'll put them on the list. I mean, I we haven't scratched the surface. We haven't even scratched the surface. So, yeah. and then I really want to do an episode of the people of the last five, 10 years that you should keep your eye on for. Because um, there was a few, I was like, well, they only have two or three. So I can't really- I have such a good story about that. I'll save it for that. Yeah, so, so tune in more. And this is a really good time to be doing this while we're- quarantining and hopefully not but possibly quarantining even harder so um as always uh roxy where can we find you everywhere at roxy stryer and i have my own show live with roxy on my youtube channel youtube.com slash roxy stryer uh where you guys can tune in 1 p.m every day jeff will be coming on we're figuring out in the next couple of weeks he'll be there maybe on a friday in the next couple of weeks nice figure it out sean's already been there Yes. Uh, and Ryan good. still doesn't love me. Thanks for watching, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey C. Graham. And I'm going to tease Ryan's network popcorn talk. If cool. this discussion really lit you up today, I'd really recommend you check out some of the um, stuff over there. Roxy also hosts the flagship show for that network, DC Movie News. And, and I've already been texting Ryan about specific news for this week that we have to talk about because DC has been popping recently. Um, yeah. A lot. And Sean, why don't you get you to guest on that network? Because you're like a bona fide. No, I'd love to. I'd yeah. love to. That would be. Um, it's where all the film nerds go to talk, have conversations like this. So check out the network. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. And uh, Ryan, where can people find you, sir? Right. Um, you can find me at Ryan Nilsen, R Y N I L S C N. And you can actually see Sean uh, was on Guilty Movie Pleasures when we actually covered people under the stairs. Um, I think back in November. 
Um, yeah. So you can check out Sean on Popcorn Talk there as well. Yeah, and uh, and I did talk. Did I talk about an American pickle at all? No, you haven't said anything about it. I did. I was going to ask you about it, but I didn't even know. Are you allowed to say anything? In, I can't believe that's not in my Sean's week. I totally. What's we, part? We'll have to do it for next week, Sean. Okay. We'll have to talk about it. Uh, and we can even Wait, when to come out though, really quick. August sixth, HBO Max, and I am in the trailer. Oh, you haven't seen the trailer? I'm in the trailer. So uh, all my list, I'm talking about TikTok and forgetting that I'm in a major motion picture. Anyway, you can find me everywhere at Sean Whalen Actor. Please follow me on TikTok. I'm actually going to go do a live right now. Uh, and uh, as always, thank you for letting me be part of your journey. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.